Yeah, you just you just love to talk very loud. You know? It's a very booming. It's a very it's a booming voice. Yeah. Okay, let's get into it. Very erotic. Very erotic. Very erotic. Very erotic. How loud you talk? <laughs> oh, talking very loud in the ballroom, just so I can be heard. Das over the sounds of squelching. Mein Bus ist All I can hear is Arsch noises. Okay, all right, all right. Hello, everybody. Ausgemoist. Hello, everybody. Ausgemoist. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, I'm sorry to everybody who turned in to, turned in, nope, tuned in to this episode to listen to some sensible discussion of what's happening with the trains. No, the, the listeners turn themselves in at the start of every episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turning up to reporting to podcast prison. Yeah, it's uh, it is my pleasure to once again introduce uh, one of our most uh, requested and frequently returned guests. It's Rail Natter's Gareth Dennis joining the rest of the gang. Gareth, how's it going? I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not doing too badly. I mean, that's uh, no, actually, I'm going to correct myself on that. I'm really angry. I'm smashing my head against the table. Mm. Um, everything is getting worse and worse. But then that's true of everything in Britain right now. So yeah. I, I can't complain too much. Yeah, we're going to be talking uh, after we do a few of the other sort of front matter, because I have some doozies of old friends to revisit. Um, <laughs> after we do some of that, about uh, the continuing dismantling of Britain's rail network as a kind of excellent way in to think about the state, the relationship between the state and people. And I even think it's worth comparing to some of what Tony Blair's written about the future of the NHS, because there are yeah. actually quite a few parallels in their different visions. It's just that in some ways, the de de degeneration of the rail system is like more visible. It's more visible and made of stuff. You can see it and touch it and you can see the ticket man go away. There is one key similarity between the rail system and the NHS in that neither of them will be functioning. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be able to All use either. <laughs> but uh, before we get into that, uh, I just want to raise a breaking news item. Um, okay. It appears as though the uh, the woke Marxist Communist Federation of Britain is once again turning against its veterans. Wait, no one consulted me on this. And it's uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 charity campaigners as the Sir Tom uh, Sir Tom Foundation Captain has had, Major Tom has yes. had their essential their business critical spa pulled down that was built in his daughter's garden <laughs> no not the spa why did she build a corner shop in her own garden <laughs> she uh, just really wanted to be able to buy like you know poppers and cheap pastries uh, look, <laughs> no, this a, is a moment's walk I'm, I'm quoting from metro uh newspaper here the family of sir captain tom moore have been accused of using a charity set up in the late veteran's name to build a spa and pool complex in their garden Absolutely incredible. Well, you know, it's it's, mm. it's it's they're they're a family all about the garden. They get their their old relative to walk around mm -hmm. in the garden. Now they're building a spa in the garden. Yeah, the indoor thing. The next generation can like swim laps of the garden to raise money for the animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the use of the word complex really makes it sound like they've built like a council leisure center in there, <laughs> rather than just a pool and a sauna or whatever. Like they've built just like a full on like you know it's got a gym in there. 
It's got like a. It's uh, got a nursery school. It is a 50, 50 foot by twenty foot building. So there are multiple rooms inside this. Oh my god! Relatively. So they, the, they want to become Russian oligarchs. They want to get murdered with a crossbow. Uh, this is what they're looking <laughs> for. They want to become Russian oligarchs, but like on a Britain budget, mm-hmm. and so they. Uh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. So they um. Because they're, they're they're doing Russian oligarch shit in what is reported to be like a just north of a million pound home. Okay, yeah, fine. They, they miss they miss a trick by not calling it the Captain Tom Onsen. They, <laughs> the Captain Thompson. Yeah, now, wow. yeah. They said yeah. that the space was urgently required for presentations and memorabilia. In a pool. The, the, the thing is, the thing, yeah, awarding like swimming certificates and stuff in Captain Tom's memory. The the thing is, like, we were legally prevented from calling this, but I want you all to know that we kind of did privately. Uh, yes. You know, the, the, everyone is agreeing with me in DMs, but like, no, we we fully did say to ourselves, as I'm sure many of you did, looking at the Captain Tom Foundation. This seems like the sort of foundation that might be about to spend a lot of money on a commemorative combination spa onsen swimming pool. <laughs> well, it was it was a museum pool and sauna. Like the sauna was full of memorabilia. You know, they had the Zimmer frame in there. Like, don't touch it because it's really fucking hot. Yeah, <laughs> like don't. Like, yeah. You will burn your your it, skin will graft look, to the frame of the Zimmer. It is the world's first sauna. For patriotic heterosexuals. That's and true. I that's think true. That the is stones in yeah, the sauna, right. the shape of a poppy. Um, just you know, something. Yeah, to yeah, consider. yeah. You can go to, the, you can go there, and you can suck the dicks of our remaining World War Two veterans. <laughs> oh, they're in there relaxing. It's a sort of like a Ooh. retirement community. Yeah, <laughs> you can show <laughs> the Germans what for one veteran at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Look, this is, and the fact that the woke Marxist charity commission that mm-hmm. clearly wants to do Britain down is preventing the, like, because they clearly hate Britain and they, like, yeah. don't love that someone was selfless, right? Because they want everyone to be selfless in their way, right? And they're like, oh, we, we hate the museum pool. Is it a crime to make your elderly dad do 10,000 push-ups an hour in order to fund the NHS, <laughs> make him into a national hero, Get a free holiday with him to Barbados where he catches the novel coronavirus and dies. Use his likeness to form a charity foundation that does no distinguishable charity, but then buys you a port. Is that a crime? I'm genuinely <laughs> I asking. I don't think it should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if, is you know is what, it a crime, crime to have lock lock me up and throw away the key? Yeah. Is mm. it a crime to, to grind, to dream, <laughs> lock, to go that lock 1% me up further? in the veterans' gay sauna and throw away the key? <laughs> It, yeah, is it a crime to go to the Captain Tom Museum and, uh, yeah, like kind of feel be made pretend to feel traumatized by mm, yeah. all the World War Two memorabilia and then mm. have a relaxing time in the spa afterwards because that is what yeah. the, the troops would have wanted. Yeah, having a solemn wank. Yeah, I, I you, know, think- you know what else? Mm. You say, say, say one other thing though is like. Everyone's talking about preventative medicine, and then the people actually trying to save the NHS build a relaxing sauna so they Mm -hmm. don't get heart attacks, and they're saving the NHS from even more spending, and now everyone's mad about it. It's really hypocritical. The thing that's really funny about this, too, is, aside from everything else we've just discussed, that they built the spa onsen complex 
with retrospective planning permission, which is, I love, I love this. It's one of the few regulatory things in Britain that I think we do well. Is a kind of hubris trap for upper middle class people, which is best documented in my favorite TV show, Grand Designs, where we go, yeah, okay, you can build something. And then, after you've built it, you can ask us whether it's allowed to be built. And if we say no, you have to knock it back down again. And that's what they've done. I love photos of the, the knocking down bit, particularly when it ends up in the tabloids, and there's just some picture of some like some guy in jeans and a blazer, like pointing mm -hmm. angrily at his house with them like, as as a digger. Like it's it's like on one side it's a farm shed, and on the other side it's like a mansion uh, <laughs> to get around the planning permission. There's just a digger, a JCB with a council worker kind of sat in it. Oh, it's beautiful. I love yeah. that. The neighbours are having a great time bones. with this. This, yeah. is, this is every British neighbour's dream: getting to knock down <laughs> your neighbour's <laughs> fucking spa complex. This is what this is what Starmer's Labour is going to do. It's going to give everyone the ability to drive the JCB through their neighbor's house if it's if their if their music is on too. <laughs> yeah, they get the one from the Get Brexit Done uh, publicity. <laughs> the stuff. rule, the rule is going to be that it's like the fence is that you can drive through your neighbor's house on the right, but they can also your neighbor on the left can drive through you. Mm. Every house in Britain knocked down housing oh, prices. If housing dominoes is just this this string of demolitions working right. its way across the country. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Regular, regular listeners to the show, they will be sad to hear this news because, of course, they will be very familiar with the sailors' gay sauna in Limehouse. <laughs> and I think the you know the Captain Memorial Tom Major Tom's uh, Foundation's attempts to build the uh, Royal Navy sailors' gay sauna. Uh, should have should have been met with more respect for our veterans. Well, yeah, maybe they, I, I maybe they should on. have made it look a bit nicer. It looked like fucking Osama mm. bin Laden's house. Yeah, they, hey, they should have had rich. Osama bin Laden in there. He was <laughs> really true. rich, though. <laughs> they should true. have had Osama bin Laden's body at the bottom <laughs> yeah. of the pool. Yeah. You just yeah. like the council, the council Blackhawk helicopter collapsing due to a like rotor effect onto the wall of the captain. This can have a cross section of the building, and underneath the swimming pool will be a compartment with Osama bin Laden's body just in it. <laughs> All right, we yeah, know yeah, he was yeah. buried at sea, but we're, we're moving on. I want to revisit some yeah, old friends. Under a swimming pool at sea, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. He was buried at sea. <laughs> in, in Islamic law, technically, oh, okay. slowly pushing the totally dead corpse of Osama yeah. bin Laden I into the swimming pool. They built the Captain Tom <laughs> Memorial Pool, and the whole thing faces Mecca. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're revisiting some old friends. These are two SoftBank friends, both of which have had some difficulties. Oh, um, no. We talked a couple of years ago, actually. I, I looked in my own archives to be sure. We did. There was a social media app called IRL that was trying to be like WhatsApp with a calendar function. Um, awesome. And, I'm sold. And, yeah, because your phone isn't just WhatsApp with a calendar function. Yeah, no, no one, no yeah. one has ever combined WhatsApp with looking at the calendar on their phone. That's yeah. too crazy. This probably goes up and down. It doesn't go side to side. Now, this was a, a messaging app that reached a $1.2 billion valuation after SoftBank put $170 million into it. It was the Vision Fund 2, the one with the Kazakhs in. Um, and then uh, it, it described itself as the leading group messaging social network that brings people together through events and shared experiences. Our primary goal at IRL has always been to create authentic organic communities to help users spend more time with their friends in the real world and boost their overall happiness. Boo. Claiming, Boo. claiming that they had 20 million monthly active users who chatted about shared interests and planned real world events together. A spokesperson. That's legitimate. Twenty million users. That's you know, quite a uh, few. That, that's, uh, I'm sure all of them are real. Well, we, planning real, real world events like 9/11. So, uh, well, uh, what what happened is that um, 
The board of directors recently concluded that 95% of those users were bots, and the company is now <laughs> worthless. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, who could have foreseen it? Yeah, I, I, that's what happens. Like, you turn... You, it's that we're seeing now the last vestiges of some of the, those season three companies kind of collide with reality a little bit. I did. I was a little bit suspicious when there were so many uh, girls from Japan saying that they they had just arrived in my city and uh, <laughs> were looking for a guy to show them around, and they were really impressed by my by my tweets. Yeah, and mm. they were. Oh wow! If your yeah. tweets are that impressive, yeah. I, don't, how would, do you have a lucky credit card number? <laughs> all these all these real women are always messaging me on Twitter to say they're interested in all that is unknown to them, including <laughs> the gay sauna at the Capitol <laughs> Memorial Complex. <laughs> so, uh, turns out IRL, that thing we said was incredibly stupid mm. and would never work. Turns out it is incredibly stupid and didn't work. Scoreboard, so, once again. Yeah. Yeah. This is rapidly becoming the scoreboard round, you know? Yeah. Um, although, again, don't look at that one thing we missed. Look <laughs> at the rest of the things we nailed. Um, we've been nailing it more than missing it ever since 2019. Um, I mean, I, I, had, I had the tweet that was like, ah, COVID's probably not going to be anything. So I'm like, you know, X number of startups we've got right for two. <laughs> I wanted I want to do another another SoftBank startup as well. Now, this one is one I refer to a lot because it's such a fun idea. But I talk about Vue all the time as an example of a dumb company. Uh it's the, the company one. that it's the company that makes smart windows that where that tell you that know if it's raining, but also like that auto tint to like, you know, save energy oh allegedly. God, it's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you can't see it. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, so uh Vue uh, has, <laughs> uh, let's say, a um, their former chief financial officer uh, is being, uh, let's say he's in a spot of bother. Oh, no. Uh, Did he build an because... onsen in the wrong place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't facing Mecca, which apparently it happened. <laughs> yeah, the woke Muslim SEC. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he had Saddam Hussein buried in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, basically, um, View has had to disclose a number of liabilities related to like manufacturing replacement windows because let's say some of the windows they made were defective it turns out uh that they were supposed to disclose 22 to 25 million of those liabilities uh, uh instead should have disclosed up to 53 million of those liabilities leading to let's say some action how hard is it to make taken. a window well how hard is it to make a better window i guess you could ask very <laughs> apparently <laughs> i yeah. presume that's not that's not that's not hit their share price though they're still a robust uh, company trading uh, real products well they're backed by softbank so they must be softbank's yeah, yeah, in, yeah. softbank's in like aggressive mode now so surely it's going to uh, wouldn't you know it uh, view cuz view well the thing is right softbank actually took view and said this is such a good company we want to share it with you the general public um, and so took it public via SPAC. You remember SPACs? Yeah, oh, of course. love them. Special yeah, Purpose SPAC, Acquisition like, Corporation. Yeah, we love them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. the way the, it's like, ah, I hate knowing all that stuff about the stuff I'm going to invest in. I'd rather buy a fun lottery ticket. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can have like stock in BP or whatever, or you can have the mystery box. <laughs> Precisely. Um, wouldn't you know it, uh, views share price. Actually, I don't think any of you have seen this. Uh, they're down since the SPAC merger. Uh -huh. How far do you think they're down, starting with our guest? Uh, uh, like, what, 50% down, right? Okay. All right, Hussein, how far down are they? I'm going to go for 85. Okay, Milo? <sighs> Is it mm, 90? Alice? 
I I think Gareth has it right. I think it's I think it's the kind of thing that like knocks half the value off the company that the thing doesn't work. That's a minor thing, you know. Uh, closest without going over is Milo. It's ninety nine. <laughs> I like the 1% being left is very funny. The, the like, market self-corrects, I guess, this one They were like, time. it's still worth something. Like, no. They've got a bunch of like pens and paper and stuff in there that we can <laughs> buy a sale. It's, it's, like, no. still the printer. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not just this one event that knocked it all down, right? But this obviously isn't very good and shows that their product might be a little bit, might be not so great. Uh, however, uh, the, the shares are uh, now worth uh, 12.8 cents. Uh, got down from ten because all spacs, if you remember, were ten. That's twelve point eight cents market cap. Each individual share <laughs> is worth a tiny fraction. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, another another company that we said was stupid, and unfortunately, like that loss, like SoftBank got out. SoftBank was bailed out by the spac company, which was then bailed out by Rubes. Essentially, oh, so, oh, so, no, no consequences other than the fact that you have to look out of a regular boring window to see whether it's yeah. raining or not. A stupid window. <laughs> Since view <laughs> collapsed, my 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 view subscription to my Windows is no longer valid, and they're just black screens. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely dark in my office. I wonder. Remember, remember cooler screens? Oh um, yeah, for yeah. the cooler. I wonder in... if that would happen if you could brick cooler screens. If like the company goes out of business, and then you can't see in the freezer. I at don't all. know which Monster Energies I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have to open the damn thing. Or is it like Attorneys General? Is it Monsters Energy? Yeah. Uh, write in. Don't write in. Uh, <laughs> one last bit of front matter I want to discuss before we move on, uh, which is, of course, uh, I, I I need a little bit of a little bit. Uh, of Starmer updates because he's the gift that keeps on giving unless you want we to a, we need a moderate amount of Starmer update the correct amount done in moderation he's the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving if you like to see a you know a sort of puffy weirdo acting strange on TV yeah and he's it was so funny he gave a speech about giving good speeches that both was not a good speech and was then interrupted as a speech uh -huh. I think the final it wasn't interrupted. It was aggressively uh, protested and shouted down. Excuse it was, me. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it, he it, was killed. It, it was actually, a very aggressive response from those two uh, polite uh, kids. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The contrast from how he described it to like what actually <laughs> happened, which is these I two kids murdered. going, um, uh, "Mr. Starmer, <laughs> you you didn't respond to our email about the Green New Deal." <laughs> it's like, um, uh, well, um, well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's it's. Did just, you see his tweet afterwards, Matt? Did you see? Did you guys see his tweet that oh, he did after? We it? did. I'll, I'll say it. He said, oh. "I will not be. I and the working people of this country will not be shouted down." Now, it takes some <laughs> inference. Right? It does take some active inference to connect that to the goings on of the school. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you know this is a guy who schedules all of his all of his tweets or has someone do it seven days in advance. But you got to admit, it's a bit coincidental. And even then, the fact that he is so clearly fucking rattled while being asked why his cut all climate investment pledge is the same as the Tories cut all climate investment pledge. It's just Labor's cutting 28 billion of promised money and the Tories are only cutting 13 billion of promised money. And then we'll sort of solve the climate change stuff later, you know. When yeah, but the labor don't... number is higher, yeah. so that's better, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I just, why he, whenever he goes out in public, like he always gets accosted because people are inherent. And funny enough, it's not all just trots who are inherently disappointed in him. Mm. Just a lot of people are just inherently disappointed in him. 
And it seems to happen all the time. Like his spads are just useless at skirting and waving people. And he always seems to just look utterly personally insulted by it. Like he does not weather this stuff well. He's, he's, he's going to oh be so good at a national when he's like in an election. <laughs> sort of a DeSantis mood, yeah. you know, the, the kind of like affrontedness um, and the weirdness. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, we're going to get a DeSantis by default. Soon Hank's going to be like, meet, meet Bull Starmer. Keith Stenardo. You can't even. So you do sound like a three foot man when you do when when you do Rishi. Whenever you imagine the voice of Rishi Sunak, you've got to imagine him like tugging at your skirts and looking up at you, like asking for a mini meal. It's very important that we get the economy right. Yeah, that's actually. I, I like how you psychologically go into your impressions. It's really fun. You've got to do it. It's about the whole inhabiting the it's, being. It's kind of Richard Ayadeva, right? It's, it, it's it quite feels close. Like it's yeah. quite close. Yeah. It is satisfyingly close. It's, yeah, it's Ayawade, but a bit more lithby. <laughs> <laughs> this so. is a momentous occasion. <laughs> so, 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 so. I want to go back to this this speech, right? Where it's, again, he is, he is uh, showing a sense of personal affrontedness at being challenged. And it's uh, it's sort of an affront that it, that says, well, at least I promised you more before taking all of it away due to fiscal uh. rules. And, and again, it's it, it boggles them because we've talked about this, right? How investment, especially in energy, especially in renewable energy, and especially in transport infrastructure, which we'll talk about in a sec, is deflationary. That is all deflationary. Especially if you work for the Danish state energy company. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no, no, no. We have to. We have to just keep on stripping bits out of this thing until it sort of magically fixes itself. It's so dispiriting because we, we're, we're, I know we're going to get into this momentarily, but this that you know we, we've had the, we've seen this pattern in transport in railways particularly where the Tories do the huge violent thing, or rather they set the pieces on the board. So like you know back in the day with with the reshaping report, the famous speeching report, the Tories delivered it, but actually it was Labour who did all the cuts and stuff. They didn't reverse it; they just delivered it. Uh, privatization, 1997, the act was placed, the stuff happened, Labour could have reversed it, but they didn't. And we're seeing enormous cuts now in the run-up to a general election, a load of, um, as, as we get into, a load of uh, political uh, capital being burned by the Tories, and they don't care because they know that Labour will just deliver it. I'd love them not to, but the precedent is is set by Labour. It's so dispiriting. And as you know, exactly as you say, everything that Starmer has said just lines us up for an enormous disappointment. Uh, Labour's political well. strategy is like the um, uh, the Marshall Mathers Papa Doc rap battle strategy, where <laughs> he's just like, we're going to cut the NHS, we're going to cut Green New Deal spending, we're going to cut the railways, now tell them something you're going to cut that I haven't already thought of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and I mean, it's, so it's, of course, it's no surprise, right, that this is this is someone we... I don't think can be trust can be trusted to, for example, reverse what is has already happened to the railways under the Tories and the rest of it as well. And what they've just now. Well, when I say they've just announced it's a little bit it's a little bit confusing, but let's I think let, let's go into our train section uh, Toot toot. Uh, I'm shoveling the mm. coal. I'm putting on my little hat. We're talking trains. Uh, does that mean we get to end on pudding? <laughs> Tell me we get to end the, end the episode on pudding. Oh, I'm so excited by that. Okay, good. Uh, we, we, we may, we may. Well, there's no way to talk about Sakir Starmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, all pudding here. Uh, yeah, that's no. right. So... Can you tell me just a little bit about... He eats pudding with his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just tell me, please, 
what is the major transformation that has happened in British rail infrastructure in the last couple of days? And who is behind it? Because everyone seems to be saying someone else is behind the decision. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I've been on, what, well, I think five times previously talking about various shenanigans and nonsense on our railways. Um, so we're in an environment post-COVID, we're in an environment where the railways, the, the general accepted cross-party consensus of railways are good, actually, has been completely disp- kind, of, completely kind of, um, that bubble has burst. And we've just seen the railways being degraded and degraded. And the thing that was announced <clears throat> literally yesterday, in fact, but it's been teased, you know, the unions were saying, well, oh, this is a problem. Um, uh, you know, Mick Lynch was talking about this a year ago, you know, uh, last year. Um, it's been teased and, and, and leaked, and now we've got the got the actual formal uh, news yesterday of almost all ticket offices in stations across England. So not Wales, not Scotland, just England are going to be closed. Um, and it's not just small ones. We're talking London, Euston. We're talking Glasgow Central. We're talking absolutely enormous. Yeah, Glasgow Central. It, weirdly, because Avanti, which is an English train operating company. Glasgow in Scotland, but that ticket office will close even though it's in Scotland. I know that's a bit weird. Oh, Written is strange. Yeah, we're, we're nicking your ticket office, Alex. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, um, the, so, so we're seeing a huge number of ticket offices, you know, hundreds and hundreds of ticket offices closing. And the plan for these, so they're not, it's not going to happen overnight, but the plan is basically uh, government has, so kind of addressing your last point, this has come from government. So we're seeing the consul- the, the legal process, this is a bit beachingy actually, because this is way back referring to actually kind of echoes of the laws from the, the 1960s. There is a quite complicated legal process to do this to actually close ticket offices. It's a bit like closing a railway sta- a, a railway or a or, or or closing a railway station. You have to go through a statutory process, and the train operating legally, the train operating companies or what's left of them, you know, they're basically run as, as contract companies now. They have to coordinate that process, but they're not the ones who made the decision. The decision has come. You know, DFT have pushed this. They're pushing it under their kind of, uh, and I'm using enormous rabbit ears here, modernization program to. Um, uh, make the uh, railway more lean and and more efficient, uh, which obviously is uh, bollocks. So that that's what's being proposed: huge closure of ticket offices across across the country. Sort of sort of a minor question here: What about the people who need those? Oh golly, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, we'll get into it. But this, Val, very very briefly summarise before before kind of Riley brings kind of um, continues to weave the yarn. But basically, um, this is going to hit accessibility massively. So mm. we have a railway system that is deeply inaccessible. So whether that's in terms of uh, people who are partially sighted or blind, there's you know the ticket machines have a flat screen and absolutely nothing tactile about them. So like there is you know how, how do those people buy a, a ticket? In terms of accessibility of getting on trains, you know big gap between the platform and the train. In terms of actually getting into the onto the platform itself, you know no lifts uh, in most stations. There's a huge gap in accessibility. So most people can't get onto trains. So they need help. And the consistent feedback from disabled travelers is we like to know that there is a person in a ticket office that we know we can go to. I don't want to struggle going along that massive ramp to find someone on a platform in a crowded pla- in a crowded station to try and get help. I know that if there's a ticket office, I can get help there. But also, it's like the fact that the railway has you know lots of passengers who don't get our incredibly complicated ticketing system. So for getting advice, the ticket office is incredibly useful. And there are loads of types of ticket you have to buy in a station as well that you can't get online, like rovers and all sorts of things that people use, tourists use, people who are critically and crucially, and this plays into so much that you, that you talk about, Riley, in other uh, situations, um, particularly when you, you know, I was thinking the other day about supermarkets and about the fact that everything is getting more expensive. So everything's like the fancy box of cookies, 
you can't just get a, a crap box of Tesco value cookies anymore. Well, this is true in the railways as well. So like they're, they're excluding people from those cheaper fares, the, the fares that people who have a, not a lot of money can, can use to travel around. Those often you can only like a, a situation where you can often buy those only in booking offices. And essentially by getting rid of booking offices, those numbers of tickets will decrease. So there'll be a justification just getting rid of those tickets. Hmm. So it's, it's all playing into these, in, into these problems of, of accessibility, of the advice, and of course, the fact that it's a massive ruse to sack to, to just Thanos tens of thousands of staff across the across the railway. You know, uh, more than half of staff in certain railway companies will just be Thanos after this. Will just be sacked. And it's it's, it's worth saying as well, right? Like this is um, that all of what we're talking about is the removal. The, the plan is ostensibly is to yeah. remove the ticket office. Right to allow people to only buy tickets based on interfacing with some kind of electronic device, whether it's your phone, a machine, or whatever. And then what they say is, well, yeah, 85% of tickets are sold that way, to which... I say, well, hang on, isn't 15% of your revenue still quite a bit of revenue? Yeah, hundreds of millions of pounds a year. Uh-huh. One in nine tickets are sold in a booking office in mm. a station. It's That's cool, not a small number. Isn't it? How <laughs> the British government likes to occasionally return to the Jenga Tower of the British Railway. <laughs> That collapsed so long ago, a game of Monopoly is taking place around it. And just <laughs> pick up a bunch more of the blocks and just throw them into a wood chipper. <laughs> and just be like, it's innovation, you cunts. Don't you like Isn't it better now? Don't you like it now that there's less? Why would you need to buy a ticket? What for? To talk to a bloke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... And even then, to right, go like, to the gay sauna, the veterans <laughs> sauna. So let's let's bring that one step further, right? Let's follow the government's logic here, because you could say, "All right, well, look, we're going to put a person who wanders around the station, uh, helping people. We're just going to take them out of the ticket the railway office, railway Ronin, right? Mm. Yeah, we're going to have the we're going to have the railway Ronin who wanders masterless around the station. The railway yeah. ghost. There's going to be a ghost haunt. A helpful ghost will haunt the railway station. The railway used to be run on more of a shogunate basis, but now I'm bound by nothing more than a code of honor. Well, no, you could say they've been banished to the platform yeah. uh, to build a better. No, let's not go there. That is basically how the Japanese like train system does work. Mm. More on that some other time. Yeah. But but yeah. let's, but let's say let's keep following the government's logic here, right? It's because it is. It, let's say that it is reasonable to to close that channel and encourage people onto other channels. You would need to, for example, retool all of the ticket machines to make them accessible to partially sighted people by like making like making Braille happen for them. Yeah, you would yeah. need to start enabling people to get those other kinds of tickets right away. You would need to not actually fire people, just change their job description to be like station attendant rather than yeah. uh, rather than ticket sales. Well, you'd need railway Asimo. Yeah, you would. <laughs> if anything, this is it's it's. You can see, like, anytime someone says, "Oh, you're just you ju- you're just afraid of of, of technology or progress yeah, yeah, going yeah. And forward," you get this, and you get this within this is happening within industry. So actually, this has been more than any other modernization uh, kind of uh, rabbit ears stuff that's happened in the last couple of years. This is the thing that I think has been resp- uh, has been felt. It's really obvious the industry doesn't want this. Uh, unlike a few of the other things where where it was like, "Oh, well, you know, it's the unions are pushing back, and this is just how it is." This has not been met like that. Even people quite far up the chain have responded with, well, the, the Office of Rail and Road, which is ostensibly the regulator. And yes, they've absolutely regulatory capture and they have absolutely no teeth. But they were doing passive aggressive tweeting of statistics today about how many travelers use 
assistants at stations. So mm. even like you're getting this sort of weird passive aggressive tweeting going on from organizations that are like, this is a shit idea. Oh my God. But yeah, this is absolutely, absolutely. So, so our innovation plan is being subtweeted. So yeah, it, a lot of the language that's being used is like, oh, we're taking the staff from behind glass and putting them in front of glass. Like we're putting them out, but we're taking them out from the glass box and they're going to, passengers are going to see them. But kind of, yeah, you're alluding to the fact that what that means is a, a skilled staff person who's a unionized employee of the railway is going to be swapped out for someone on a zero or low hours contract who's be, who, who is an employee of Mighty or like G4S or something, or Serco, and it's nothing to do with the, you know, it's, you know, it's nothing to do with the, the actual railways. They don't have, you know, they've done an hour and a half online course on what a railway ticket yeah, is. And, and, they've, and been they've, told, been pushed, they've been told, they've been pushed onto the concourse and told to just like get amongst it, which is very funny yeah. from an accessibility <laughs> point of view, because unless they're going up and like soliciting people, if you can't see well, for instance, unless you just hook a little thing to the back of the high-vis that just occasionally in a monotone just says, staff, or whatever, and you got to find one. There's no like high vis braille. They don't yeah, make bumps that just, big. Yeah, you're just a gigantic bump, like a sea urchin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just walking headfirst into a massive. Because I really, people actually, he actually blinded someone who walked into him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just have like a tall conducting sta- uh, staff yeah. that sticks out of their hat adjacent to the electrified overhead wires. That's that's how everyone will know where well, they are. Yeah, because you can you can sort of see who they imagine is the only person they want using the railways from a plan like this. The Mm. only person they want using the railways is a man between the ages of 18 and 60 who is familiar with the area who's probably going to work. Yeah, that's all. And, and and who is not going to be too distressed by like any sort of cancellations or anything like that because they somehow have a car in every car park along the way. Like this is the thing about rail. I've I, I got into this mindset one time. I understood this Tory mindset because once I splashed out, I invested your podcast money listeners in a first class ticket. Uh, I apologize. Put me up against the wall. I actually, I I posted a photo of a dog on the train, and someone immediately went, "Is that the first class carpet, you piece of shit?" And I'm like, "Oh (laughs) god, those train nerds don't get you." Yeah, yeah. But so so, they're gooning your ass in the Welsh quote tweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so I got this first class ticket because I thought this would be nice, you know. Um, And I was amongst people who were only travelling by train, not as a particular conveyance, but because they wanted to get somewhere in a leisurely way because they wanted to get pissed. In a, like, respectable upper-middle-class way. That's the thing. That's the sole vision of anyone who travels by train. Commuting? No. Visiting anything? No. Tourism? No. It's like, I wanna wanna go to, like, London from Edinburgh, or vice versa, and I want to have a few glasses of wine on the way. In in a chain bar Mm -hmm. that's a Tory donor's chain bar, drink in there until you're sozzled, stay in a Tory donor's chain hotel, Mm -hmm. and then go back on the train again. And now that you're Bonnet Charles, you'll want to be at least a bit half-cut before we get into the Captain Tom Memorial Sauna. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, some of those old men's cocks are not exactly hygienic. (laughs) There's like precedent for this, Riley, though, because, like... The gate line staff, so the, the the ticket barriers that we see at some stations, quite a lot of them are no longer part of the. Re- they're, they're, quite a lot of them are now outsourced, low skilled, mm. low like low salary. Well, not salary. They're 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 on lower zero hours contracts. So this is already happening. So when we're getting the you know government's going you know the, the rail delivery group, which is this made up body that's that sort of represents the train operating companies back in the day when the train operating companies weren't just a, a, a briefly you know an outsourced contract organization. They're going, oh, no, you know, there's going to be uh, skilled staff uh, and we're not going to be just, you know, swapping them out and sacking everyone. It's like, no, no, you you have. You've done this already. 
you've, you've done this. You've brought in the low-skilled worker who is on, on a precarious contract, doesn't have the knowledge, doesn't have the understanding of what accessibility needs are, which are quite complicated on a railway mm. because everyone can use them. And so the, 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 the transect of society is quite complex. You have to have a good understanding of different abilities that a one-hour online course that you were delivered by, like Mighty, is not going to cut it. And probably also worth noting that even if they are sort of like trained or like even if they are kind of... Uh very good at their jobs like the fact that this this is sort of not even a job that's sort of been created it is a job that is like exists because infrastructure has effectively been taken away but they now end up in a position where they are far more overwhelmed right because i think i've seen situations yeah. like that where you have like people who are kind of like definitely sort of need more access they, they need like help to get up from uh, the trains to the platforms or they just sort of sort of need to know where they're going and you can see that like the person or, you know, you have like two people maybe on the platform who are trying to help like multiple people while also like trying to kind of navigate all these all these other people like desperately just trying to like get out. So like it's a really overwhelming and very stressful situation uh, that even I imagine people who are quite who are, who are decently trained will struggle with because part of this is also like how do you get uh, all these kind of jobs to function using as few people as possible and paying them yeah, as well. I'll, I'll possible. tell you the answer. Absolutely. It's, uh, and, and it's an app. Cool. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah. Right. And, you end, and, and Hussein, you're absolutely spot on because uh, you know, not only does that mean that the, the environment for those workers is going to be much less pleasant, I mean, partly because they're going to be out in the bloody weather uh, and it's not as nice as being in a, in a booking office where you can have a, a little heater next to you, but also flip that on its head if 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 this government is going to make savings from this, because the, the building, the booking office is usually part of the station building. So are they just going to sell the station building to make that saving? Uh, probably, yes. Yeah, that's going to be like more. You can buy pasties. Well, it's going to become the Captain, to some, <laughs> Captain Tom Sauna Memorial affiliate. Uh, you know, it's going to be a franchise. Think of like women and travelers, girls, you know, uh, young women, whoever it is. The ticket office, the booking office is a safe space where they can go in the evening if they're mm -hmm. traveling. They don't feel comfortable. This is not, I'm not just making this up. This is a common thing oh, yeah. of women who don't feel safe have somewhere safe they can go. They can go and stand near the booking office or be in the booking office somewhere warm, safe, if they don't feel comfortable. Instead, we're going to have the staff well, out. The memorial sauna is going to be very warm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please go on. Toasty. So, so it's just, it's, it's just exactly, you're absolutely spot on, Hussein. It goes both ways. Like this is, there, there, is a, there is a key need for that asset that is clearly lost on, on on Department of Transport and Treasury because they're just seeing the conditional formatting on their spreadsheets. I've taken this job on a railway. It's a fucking nightmare. I'm trying to show this one woman where the ticket machine is. Trouble is, for accessibility, they've also turned me into a giant bump and I've got five blind women hanging on to me like I'm the second coming of Christ. <laughs> the, the, the thing it reminds me of too is um, uh, th that other great push for reform in heavy air quotes, driverless trains, where you're like, we're going to make the railway, all of it, which has to interact with all of society, we're going to make it completely featureless and smooth, right? And there's never going to be anything that requires a human to do anything more than the most elementary sort of like reasoning involved. Everything's going to be within context and everything's going to be something that we can eventually automate, right? But even if like by the logic they're trying, like, because I'm like trying to follow their logic as well. Mm. And, you know, you have one element which is this like, okay, like clearly the sort of eradicating humans from public space and by extension, like getting rid of public space, even like as a concept, like it's, it's cruel and dehumanizing and awful but then i also think to myself that like they're also doing it in the dumbest way 
possible because <laughs> they think that they can basically get and i hate to bring J like japan up again but like lots of mm. japanese train stations are like this where like lots of things are very automated but like that's kind of designed efficiently and even then there are still like people at, like the train station guys are they are like the ways that they work are very much like shogun logic right um but yeah, in Britain, yeah. you don't have that. And really what this is, is like, we want to like do, we want to like get rid of as many people as possible and make these places kind of function without them so we don't have to pay them. But we also don't really want to put the money in in order to do that. And so what we end up doing is making everything worse. Like the trains get worse, the stations get worse, nothing. And, and you know, and, and again, like this is very much just like a projection of literally any type of service in the UK now where like the sort of arbitrary cost casting for both ideological reasons and also because they just don't really want to commit to doing anything just means that you're left with, yeah, things are shit, everything's really bad, get used to it, don't like it, like there's the door, but also the door doesn't work. Like yeah. it, it's still like jam shut. So like, well, don't don't like it, there's the emergency call. If you keep the heat in the sauna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To, to like very to, to pick up on that very briefly again yeah uh, like the, the if if there's potentially an argument in some stations particularly at suburban stations not rural ones but suburban stations where you might say well actually at certain times maybe there is eventually a, a discussion about whether you have a permanently staffed uh, booking office but that conversation should only be happening after a massive fares reform because our the ticketing system in the UK as all of us know is baffling it's completely bonkers totally uh, opaque and uh, particularly for anyone who's a casual user and by the way we want to bring we want to double the number of passengers on the railway by the middle of the next uh, the next decade for climate change reasons we have to do that this is the opposite of going to help it's going to do the opposite and we're so, going to so do we, that by doubling the capacity of the railway right of course yeah that's it yeah. uh, oh mm -hmm. oh, oh. Oh, oh no. Uh, no, 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 no. no. What we're going to do is sit in everyone's laps. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's your parents weird, driving you on holiday. Like, just the, sit in the laps. Fine. The <laughs> rules of the sauna again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're going to have to like go what if, through. What if the, the train carriages were the sauna? Ah, no. Oh, no. Business. No. Oh, Business. <laughs> Every single coach is a cross section, and at the bottom part there is a little. Anyway, yeah, yeah. sorry. Uh, look, anyway, <laughs> the but... trains only go towards Mecca. The, 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 yeah. Heaven help you if you want to go to Bristol. That's not happening. But there is uh, there's another another sort of element of this, right? That I think you sort of touched on, which is, and that Hussein has touched on as well, which is if you want to do this and still have the system work, it is possible. Right. Let's just say for the sake of argument that you keep someone who's like a roving, helpful person who is unionized and who is hmm. well trained. It is experienced and it does work. And you figure out how to like alert you. Maybe they stand in a box, a little like taped off area. Yeah, you, most you of the time. Very I don't know. about this. But, you bring station masters back or but, whatever the fuck. But, sure. Yeah, but, yeah. but what you have to do then is you have to retool every single ticket machine. You have to then rebuild. You don't. You don't have an app. Most people in Britain, when they buy a train ticket, they buy it through a private company that skims a little off the top. One of the yeah. only ways to buy a train ticket in Britain without a private company skimming a little bit more off the top is at a fucking ticket office. Yeah, yeah. You would then have to build an app, and it would have to be functional. It would have to be widely used, and it would have to work very well. And you would have to put all of these 
ticket uh, these things on it. You'd have to be able to get a photo card somehow without going to a t- without going to one of these offices. There are so many problems to solve before yeah, yeah, you can yeah. do this. Just also as a side note, just before before like, going out for like, I just remembered of quite a funny story. I had to go to um, I I did like a uh, a festival a few weeks ago, and I had to go up to Bradford, um, and we had bought e-tickets using the e-ticket app. Uh, from an e-girl. From an e-girl, yeah. <laughs> it was out of a train stick. <laughs> One of the only yeah. other ways you can actually buy a train ticket. <laughs> the, the, the e-girl. <laughs> um, and in order to sort of get the sort of QR code that you needed to scan, uh, you basically needed phone signal because obviously the yeah. trains that we were taking up didn't have Wi-Fi. And that's another thing. They're, de- they're getting rid of mm. Wi-Fi on the trains. This is all Wi-Fi. Good. It's great. It's, so, it's like, it's right. like add to the pile of things Riley said, like there needs to be good Wi-Fi everywhere. Oh my God, yeah. What do you need Wi-Fi for? Buy a train ticket. Where are you going? So the train ticket guy comes <laughs> and obviously he's trying to scan our tickets and he's like, well, look, we have bought tickets, but there's like no signal here. And so we can't show you them. And he was like, you know, if you don't have a ticket, we have to fine you. It's like, yeah, but we have bought the ticket. It's just there's no signal. Like, look. And he's like, yeah, but if you haven't got a ticket, you are going to have to pay. And it's going to cost you like, and then he showed you the price. It's like, yeah, but are you like, there is no signal. So we, we had to like wait for 20 minutes until you got like one bar of signal to show that like we had bought this ticket. It's right? unreal. And yeah. it's just kind of like, well, actually, yes, yes. So much of like moving everything to did like these digital networks is also about making sure that all the f- digital coverage on mobile phones work and i know that like and that's something like with that's like a big that's like a separate question in and of itself but like it is very much like well no if you're going to like digitize everything then the digital infrastructure has to sort of be functional yeah, like, what if the your country. phone dies do you yeah. get fined now like I, I, yeah <laughs> literally yes this well this so this so exactly hussein and, and this this hussein riley alice the, the th- all of the things so alice this is kind of true for the driverless thing as well right hmm. okay in an idealized situation this would work in an idealized situation. Drive the strings would work in an I- like, but the the fact is that idealized situation requires billions of pounds of investment. It requires investment in infrastructure. But Gareth, what signal. if it didn't? <laughs> what if what if we simply hoped for the best? <laughs> I think a lot of the problem in Britain is that people are unwilling to simply hope for the best. <laughs> people are saying the railway requires billions of pounds of investment, but what if? We just closed our eyes and just felt <laughs> for the man who's been turned into a giant bump and hoped that we got on the correct train and ended up at our destination. What if we believed enough that we ended up in a sauna, sucking on the penis <laughs> of a Royal Navy veteran? Well, I, I think I think I think maybe Starmer could suggest that uh, Britain embraces its in, its inner manic pixie dream girl and just gets on whatever train mm-hmm. and sees where yeah, life takes yeah. you. You Go could wherever. end up in Kettering. Chester Street or Mecca. You could, yeah. <laughs> you could, st- you could start a new life oh, in Kendall. They closed the ticket office at Mecca. Sick of this shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, this is. Uh, oh. You've you got your QR code that proves you're Muslim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they gave it to the. Oh, the sorry, g- if you're not got, I will have to be edger if I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love that uh, in in the sort of fantasy world you create, that guy is everywhere. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> see, the Essex man is everywhere. It's like, it's like, it's like I'll be touching the car, but without a ticket. He's a, he is a Joseph Campbell archetype now, I think. Um, but I'm saying you, you're circling the. Uh, this is the first class carber section. He's like a character actor from the 1950s, but cast in every role. Yeah, mm. I love Ideal. I love. He's he's one of my favorite uh, characters to hear from. So <laughs> I want to go back to this idea of investment, right? Which yeah. is 
at some point, right, uh, when you, what we've seen is that train, trains tend to fail, train companies tend to fail and find themselves forced nationalized by repeat government decree, forcing the uh, train companies to, as you say, gamble on just pulling out random bits of the infrastructure yeah, yeah. so that you can save some money, right? At what point, what happens when, let's say, for example, a train company gets sued into fucking oblivion uh, because someone is unable to access a train or God, God forbid, hurts themselves, right? And they're disabled. There's, so, so there is precedent for this on a variety of levels. Firstly, these, these proposals are massively in breach of the Equality Act 2010. I'm not a lawyer, but the, the, only reason that, the only reason in hell that this won't see go to court is because no one will be able to afford to bring it to court and there'll be no space in courts to see it. Because honestly, this is, the, the proposals are enormously discriminatory and enormously in breach of the EA, EA 2010. Because we know that I know this because existing conditions are in breach of EA 2010. There have been several legal cases about it, and painfully, people die as a result. You know, as I've said before, possibly on this show, in fact, the most dangerous interface on our railway right now is people falling between the track, uh, between the platform and the train, which is an interface that's an accessibility interface as a result of you know one of the things that the issues is not having enough staff around to deal with it or not investing in infrastructure to make sure that interface is minimized. Oh, we so, need yeah, to make the on. roving guy, the way that you find him is that he has a speaker on him playing the mind the gap noise <laughs> at all times. Mind the gap. If you yeah, fail it, to yeah. mind the gap, we are not legally liable. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, they try that. That's what, I mean, that literally is what the mind the gap thing is for. But yeah, and we've seen cases where... Um, uh, railway operators have had the, a, a you know a metaf metaphorical and literal ton of bricks fall on them in order to get where they have to you know get new trains, update platforms and stations to deal with the accessibility issue. We saw that with Mersey Rail after the fatal fatality um, you know about a decade ago. So so there is precedent to this. These these proposals are absolutely barking mad. Not just from a um, what they mean f for what we want as a public transport system, but in terms of like the the here and now in terms of how much they are not workable. Uh, the, the government's proposals are for this to all, as much of this to have happened by Christmas, which is baffling. The consultation process is supposedly going to take two to three years, which obviously then kicks it through into the next government. But the, 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 the government's hope is that a lot of this will have happened by Christmas. It's sort uh, of reminiscent of World War One, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, it'll be over by Christmas. It'll be over by Christmas. Don't worry about it. Well, is that General Haig, but Baz? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, no, I'm going to buy people call me the butcher of some, but uh, I've, I beg to differ. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I want to go back to this right as well. This, um, this what will happen? Because we've seen what happens, right? Which is that repeated governments create the conditions for the legs to get kicked out from under public utilities, whether that's trains, water, power, etc. Then they either fail, get bailed out, or get forced nationalized. And so, you know, this is just seems like. A particularly fast and cruel swing of the axe. The government and are Marxist-Leninist accelerationists. They just want to nationalize every company. <laughs> They're destroying the economy from within. Yeah, yeah. Marlo, you said this an episode or, or two ago. You were taught, we now know through very useful experimental conditions exactly what the failure cycle of uh, water infrastructure is, and it's about fifteen years, right? You know, we've done that experiment. Well, I think Alice said that. But yes, but, and, and you know, this is this is just I sort of saw this statistic in the in the papers today, which is a record high twenty three point six percent adults rate their anxiety the previous day from being asked as high. 
right? You wonder why that is. It's because of shit like this. Right, it's you've got to stop filling out these surveys. <laughs> <laughs> it's because yeah, we more- anxiety Riley, a statistical outlier. It's you and me. It's literally, it's just you and me. But no, I, I get it. Me though, a free but- monster energy every time I fill out the anxiety survey. <laughs> so then I fill out another one, but I just keep getting more anxious. <laughs> it's like a genuine sort of like breakdown in trust in an institution that needs to be like worthy of trust and confidence, right? Like if you if you're trying to get the train back, you need to know that you will like not be left stranded in the middle of nowhere in in like the middle of the night. And you don't. You don't know if you're going to be able to get a train to where you're going, even vaguely near the time it's promising you. Um, you don't know whether you're going to be able to get home or get to start a new life in Kendall. Exactly. This is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've been clattering with um, with Coilu Jaycaster. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the issue is the, the issue Join is that- me in the ticket office sauna. <laughs> What's it? I've taken so many Quaaludes, I don't even know who Captain Tom is. I don't even know Every- who's sucking my dick. <laughs> Every time I go to London for a live show, I'm like, but well, not even slightly. I'm terrified because I'm like, oh, it, you know, am I going to get there in time? Am I going to get back in time? Am I going to have to make a new life for myself in Kettering <laughs> or Kendall? I don't, I don't know, and no one knows, and it's incredibly frustrating and frightening. Bearing in mind the experience for a lot of disabled pas- for, for many disabled pastors now, if you're in a wheelchair or or, or, or various sort of ways that you have to get around, um, that's the experience for most passengers in terms of they they they, they hopefully when they arrive they arrive at a station, the chances are they've had to phone ahead to check that someone's there, which that's immediately that's not independent travel, so they phone ahead. If they're getting on the train, if they're getting on the train in London, uh, say, or or a big city, and they're getting off in a rural or, or or a smaller station, they have no idea whether the person's going to be at that platform with a ramp when they get off, or they're just going to have to f- take the train to to end up in Kendall or Kettering. You know, this is this is this is the experience for everyone, and we're what we're doing is doing that, but everywhere now because we're getting rid of the booking offices. Oh, the this ableism is, is spreading. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is, uh, perhaps if, people could learn to do cool jumps in their wheelchairs. <laughs> a small hand <laughs> would help you. And if you want to talk about, if you want to go back to that uh, sort of anxiety statistic, I think it's no mm. sp- surprise that it's up. It's no surprise that it's up around more people. Because what if you, you have see, to get to work? Well, y- yeah, you because, just have no mm, guarantee yeah. that you're going to be able to. Mm. Because you see the... Uh, let's say, the things that you depend on to live eroding around you. And when you're more anxious, you tend to be more easily, let's say, alienated, and you tend to be more able to um, fall into the beliefs and habits of an extremely alienated, anxious person. Yeah, plus all these Visigoths are gathering across the Rhine, and a lot of them are speaking, like, late Latin, which is getting pretty concerning. Yeah, yeah. In Britain, you're like slowly being painted into a corner where you're just being yelled at by the government from different directions. It's like, hmm. don't get ill. There's no sick pay. Can I see a doctor? Of course you fucking can't. <laughs> don't, don't drive. Don't drive into the town, you fucking bastard. You're killing the planet. It's going to cost you a million pounds. The roads are fucked. Don't fucking drive your car into the town, you prick. Can I get a train or a bus? Of course you fucking can't. Stop asking me stupid questions. Fly there on an umbrella like Mary Poppins, you stupid <laughs> prick! <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about the health system now, actually, now that you've Are mentioned you that. Are you disabled? Don't be! That's my <laughs> advice! Get, a, get bionic legs! I don't know what to tell you! You can't get them on the NHS! Get Honda to rebuild you like the six million dollar man! I hate to be, it can't be any better than this! 
I'm sorry. I'm very. I'm overworked. I'm the one guy that runs Britain. I've been given no resources. <laughs> how, how, from how, how many months? How many monsters have you had today? Sorry, how many monsters have you had today? <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot. Monsters energy. There are a yeah. lot of monsters in my mind. There is. We we have a few more minutes, and I want to talk actually about the health service and the Tony Blair Global oh, something Institute else for that's going change. well. Huh. Okay. Uh, the Tony Black Global Memorial Sauna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. We are only ever referring to it as the Tony Blair Global Memorial Sauna. Global implies uh, a frightening scale of this sauna yeah. as well. Well, to be fair, climate change, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the one that has Saddam Hussein at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so this is, this is the Tony Blair uh, Global Memorial Sauna has published a new report on, on the NHS and what they think it has to do and be. And you can see echoes of the train debacle, the great train yeah, debacle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ronnie Biggs proposals. and the great train debacle. So <laughs> I'm going to read some of the foreword. It says, we have the techno technological and scientific means to transform health and care to safeguard the founding principles of beverage in Bevan. Oh, so we're not uh, safeguarding service levels, just founding principles, which have nothing to do with service levels. <laughs> or mate, how about you respect the fundamental privileges of beverage? <laughs> you fucking wetter. <laughs> yeah, jostling the drink out of your hand in a pub <laughs> in Brixton. <laughs> I, I, that's another one of my favorites. You don't do that one enough. I need, yeah, I need, I need yeah. you to sink that, you fucking wetter. <laughs> Before we carry on. <laughs> Without fully embracing the tech revolution, Blair goes on, there is no future for the NHS. The post-war generation was liberated by the creation of the NHS and by the transitive property, of course, we will I'm just be... Right, I'm just, that sentence, sorry, I just have my mic, because that sentence is just like, that is everything we've talked about, isn't it? Without fully embracing the tech revolution, there is no future for the square brackets, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. You literally just copy and paste railways in there. It's just such a classic and, line. And the tech revolution means not actually investing. It means yes. removing. No, no future other than the sort of cockamamie bullshit one we've cooked up for you. Yeah, you've got to embrace the tech revolution. You're not embracing any solutions. It's just the actual idea of a revolution. You have to embrace that, which doesn't, it doesn't bring anything, but you have to embrace that. No, you can't see a doctor. We've replaced him with a computer. That's a, it's not even a good computer. I'm sorry. I, it's all I've been given is an acorn from the 90s. There's a nurse now. She's an iPad, but like an old one. You, your mum is a fucking T-Mobile sidekick. Look, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> I like that he's sort of apologetic. Yeah. Um, no, but the, what you have to replace he's like that. the one civil servant who's yeah. left. Is he, is he really far away? Like, have they put him really far away as well? He's, so he's, he's just like shouting locked locked in a sort of like yeah. Warhammer forty k style moving dreadnought sauna. <laughs> he's locked. No, he's locked in the ticket office. Yeah, yeah. And they threw also sauna. And they threw away the key, so he's in a sauna to come. But he's like incredible. But he's incredibly stressed about it. Yeah, because he's sort of like he's kind of like a sacrificial lamb. I'm like he's the man who runs Britain, but Britain is so badly run due to all of the underlying conditions that we also hate him. So he kind of he lives in a sort of bureaucratic like, oubliette, like at the bottom of a well. Right, and his job, and his, and part of his job is that he's the mm. guy that everyone's supposed to get mad at for their various grievances. He's quasi Quango. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, what I, what I was you. saying is, it's not the sort of joke I usually I do on this podcast. The servant, but quasi Quango is uh, substantially mm. better. Yeah, the hunchback civil servant. So the um. But the, 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 the tech revolution you have to embrace is just faith that in magic. It is to me a, it is someone who is gambling and chasing losses, but using my money 
essentially. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. kind of mad about it. Yeah, but me too. It's annoying. Just like you, you, you try and get some of your money back from him. And he's like, I'm on a hot streak. I'm on a hot streak. <laughs> However, yeah, yeah, yeah. over the years, other realities have emerged, and the NHS now requires fundamental reform or support for it will diminish. Other realities yes. have emerged is such a like join me in the in the brain yeah, dojo so, line. Uh, <laughs> if the NHS cannot provide timely care, if the waiting lists are long, seeing a GP is difficult, then people who can pay if? will pay. Tony Blair, you fucking cut. What do you mean if? It already is mm-hmm. that, and you know it's that because you're a large part of the reason why it is that. Mm. That well, that is why in the past few years the number of people using private health providers have rocketed. And that's actually something I think we can come back to the train example. What that's going to say is why not use private transport instead of a yeah, train? Exactly. Why not drive more? Right? Because we, it, like Mark Harper, who's the, the Secretary of State of Transport, has literally said this. He has said these words. He has said, well, actually, pe- pe- people drive. You know, we're, we're the Department of Transport. We're not the Department of Trains. We should be, we should be more pro-car. It's like, oh, golly. Oh, my. Okay. Okay. Have you seen the shape of our society? Have you seen how little people have ability? Have you seen the fact that, contrary to popular opinion, like, the, the bottom 20% of people that do not have access to, do not have the ready access to a car in the way that the middle classes do. It's just, it's, it's, it's headbanging. Anyway, sorry, Riley, go on. It means that in order to produce a public good, state authority, like authority has to be used. People need to be compelled. So if you just enable people to do what they do according to their means, then everything falls fucking apart. Then you you lose things like a train, and then all of a sudden, all the good things that even car owners enjoy from trains go away. All of the all of the externalities yeah. that you uh, even the wealthy enjoy from the NHS go away. It's not saying that that's why you need it, but that's what that's the point of public goods is they require the exercise of authority. If people are using private healthcare, it doesn't mean that they prefer it. It means that the exercise of authority at an institutional and social level has diminished to the point where the public good can no longer be maintained. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah and it's yeah. absolutely applicable to public, any public service. You know, any of the public services out there absolutely applies across the board. Mm. So, uh, the fir- there are two major differences between healthcare in the late 20th century and healthcare into the third decade of this century. Both are consequences of the technological revolution. The first is how people live today. They operate choices. They, me, they operate digitally, they make choices continually, and want to control their own lives rather than have others do it for them. Which again says, they do not want to participate in a public good because we provided a public good that's bad on purpose. There's no such thing as a society. Yeah, oh, indeed. Yeah, that's it. And the second is that massive advances in life sciences are, is going to hugely accelerate over the coming years of, artif- of the artificial intelligence oh, revolution. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we need, therefore, we this need- This does feel like it was written by an AI, actually. So therefore, we need a health service that fundamentally changes the relationship between citizen and service, which is... No, we don't. Yeah, no, well, we don't. We do. It just needs to be good. (laughs) It needs to be... We we all here and everyone listening knows that we do need to change the relationship between provider and service by doing things like eliminating the fact that that, uh, that the arm's length body relationship, for example. The population's 20% bigger and 20% older, and we've built no new hospitals. Like, that's the problem. Like, it's not rocket science. We, we've, we're, we're older, there are more of us, we need more Wait, hospitals. Jared. Look, we had one factory, and it could either build hospitals or old people. And we've just had it building <laughs> old people. Look, I don't know what to tell you. It's all we can do. The doctor's a fucking iPad, I've already told you. Learn to use the iPad doctor. It can't look up your arsehole. It's an iPad. Just answer Ahem. the questions as best you can. Uh, Milo, I'm now going to read you another paragraph. Right. 
We should use digital technology to change the relationship between citizen and service. Uh -huh. Each person should have their own personal health account delivered through the NHS app. This will be owned uh -huh. by the patient and not the service, storing health data, including self-testing and self-diagnosis as such things become available. Just, just become, become your own doctor. Do your own yeah. surgery. This is worse, this is worse than the, this is worse than getting. <laughs> than this. Wait a minute. What, what? I've forgotten. What's the sign that's currently outside the trash future offices? Which it's it's worse than the it's it's worse. Well, it's worse now. than the, get your, get, yeah, 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 it's yeah. worse than get the plumber to become your dentist. It's like this is now. No, you are going to become the doctor. You're becoming the dentist. <laughs> let, Gareth, let me read you another. Part of this we've removed the entire NHS budget and we've replaced it with a film The Twelfth Man. You're going to be inspired by the story of a Norwegian commando who amputated his own fingers from frostbite and learned to become your own. So it's the best I could do. Well, Gareth, a lot of basic health services can actually be delivered through through pharmacies by employers or in gyms and supermarkets, making them easier oh. to access. Jesus Christ. So yeah, what if your personal trainer was also performing a colonoscopy on you? Yeah, why not? <laughs> while while you're lifting, uh, <laughs> you're like you're like hey, squatting, and he's just got his face under oh, your ass, just like looking up you one. with a fucking sextant. Yeah, so but so what? What Tony Blair, what the Tony Blair Institute oh, for Global Sauna is yeah, promising, right. right? Is they're saying what we need to do is again imagine a health service that is so smoothed down that we don't have to have. Uh, we don't have to accommodate people outside of our preferred context. We yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. to imagine the complexity and locality that having a human-based, I fucking hate that I have to say human-based, actual public good gives you. Instead, we are going to operate a de minimis app-based service that is increasingly yeah. like, have you considered CBT? And then everyone who can pay for have their employers pay neurologist yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or have their employer pay for health insurance is then going to keep getting health care. In many ways, it seems like it's going to be worse than the American system. Oh it's no! Just and it's just it's just like this is this is worse than some of the stuff that Sajid Javid or or everyone's favorite uh, Matt Hancock guy was saying. This is this is worse than this is like more dismantlery. Then uh, it's just it's just baffling. Mm. I mean, it's table stakes. I know this is table stakes. I know this is just always his deal, and I know that his flipping foundation has its tendrils horrifyingly into the, the current Labour Party. But it's just it's just it still doesn't make it any less absolutely aggravating to well, hear it. I mean, the fact the fact that everyone is only able to talk about reform, and by reform they mean the same thing as taking away the ticket offices. They mean. <laughs> We are going to take a thing away and hope technology fills the gap meaningfully. And if not, yeah. who cares? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's the same with it's the same with the way we're tackling climate change. It's the wizard will fix. It's the wizard will fix it. Lo logic, well, right? Well, the logic is, wizard yeah. will fix it. I was going to say the, the logic is that like, well, if the technology fails, then it's not the, the the issue is not that like removing the human element to and especially to things like care um, was the problem. The, 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 you know, in the same way that we've talked about. All the startups say, "Well, no, the technology, like the technology, will simply get better." And so, if the first version fails, then the second version will succeed, and the second version fails, and the third version will succeed. And therefore, and like, and so, technology as sort of like a concept is very much. I, well, I mean, the best way to put it is like it's the wizard. It's like ultimately, like mm. the wizard will solve the problem. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the it's install fine. wizard <laughs> for the new NHS, app, <laughs> which only runs on Windows ninety five. Yeah, so. Look, I think that's that's probably a, a good enough place to leave it, right? Which is that this is not just in the railways. It's just most visible in the railways now, but yeah. we can see shadows of that particular belief system all over the place. Um, but 
I just want oh, to say... Oh, we didn't end on pudding. I was hoping we were going to end on pudding. <laughs> I was so excited about pudding. <laughs> I mean, the, I, think, I think the NHS app stuff with Tony Blair was a little... You know what it was? It was like a salted chocolate. Mm. Okay, Ooh. well, that's all the rage yeah, now, yeah, isn't yeah. it? You, Very high it's class. all the fucking modern rage. You take, you take a fucking pudding and you make it salty. You take all the sugar <laughs> out, you make it salty. A savory They've pudding. made it salty to save money. No, I don't know. You've not been paying attention. The doctor's a fucking iPad. The train guard is an iPad with a little braille sticker on it that says, mind the gap. Your pudding's an iPad. You're a fucking iPad. Relax. <laughs> Everybody just relax. You're all iPads. Just hey, you, you know what? Everyone's an iPad, and we're all just chilling in the sauna. Um, <laughs> don't, anyway. don't let your iPad get above that's fifty it, degrees centigrade. Yeah. Uh, oh. Garrett, I want to once again thank you for making your billionth appearance on this show. It's always a delight to have you on. Uh, thank you. I'm very sweaty, much sweatier than I was at the start of the episode, and I the wasn't the one doing all the shouting. You've yeah. got the TF uh, black card now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it, it allows it allows you to access like the special floors of the to- of, the, of the Captain Tom Onsen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the, t- the TF enclosure, at <laughs> the, the Captain Tom. You, Onsen. you also get a special concierge service where like we'll do favors for you. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is exciting. You actually get to get sucked <laughs> off by a World War II veteran. Yeah, yeah. and and one of us will do your dental work for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fun, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, no, thanks so much. Always such a pleasure to, to join you yeah. all. Yeah, and you get this Trash Future branded iPad, which is also your doctor. <laughs> I'd also like to remind everyone, please, to check out Rail Natter on YouTube. We'll link it in the comments. Uh, link in the comments. Note the show description. And also that we have hey, a... Comments as well. I just know how to read it. We please have like and subscribe. live show yeah, on we the do. 26th Ooh. of July mm, in London. Right. Beware the 26th of July between don't, the bridges. Don't beware. Do not beware of it. Well, you should welcome a, it. Be aware of it and attend the Trashy Future Live show. <laughs> there is a discount code for $10 patrons. It is on the Patreon. Uh, this show is over half sold, so do get buying those tickets. Uh, you sort of went into uh, you went into Peter Cook a little bit there. Yeah. Peter Cook. Oh, it's a little bit naughty. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and if you're looking to see me do stand-up comedy anywhere, I'll be there in a fringe. I'm going to be doing a show in London on the 18th of July. Tickets for that. All on my website. Uh, so come see Lilo. Come see us. Come see us Lilo? at the Fringe whenever those tickets get sold. Yeah. 4th of August. Uh, Keep it free. I'm going to I'm gonna chase them again now. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Don't, Twitch stream. That's uh, from 9 to 11. If you wanted to hear us talk about that Liz Jones article where she oh, went yes. to dinner with her husband. Really, that was like premium stream content. The stream yeah. is getting properly good. You, you check into slop.delivery yep. in your browser. Me no, does that turn work? him into an iPad? Alice, yeah, it works. It works. Work? it works. Okay, good. So yeah, uh, that is one of the recent VODs. Uh, maybe we'll rename it or something, but if you want to see us talk about that article, that's where to go for it. Um, other than that, I think we'll just say, see you in a few short days on the bonus. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.